Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Let's play some football. Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Baby, you're a Welcome to this week's edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Mr. Dave Brandt of the Associated Press. This pro- podcast. Whoa, podcast. What is this? What is this? <laughs> we're, we're, we're prodding on a podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the good folks at College Corner in Oxford, Mississippi, 825 Sisk Avenue, Suite 105. Go check them out. I imagine they were awfully busy last week as Vaught Hemingway Stadium had the largest crowd ever in the history of the stadium. They will be busy again this week when Arkansas comes to town as uh, it looks like it could be another sellout and a uh, another sh- Stripe the Vaught game. They did one last year, turned out well. So if you need to go get red or blue attire for your section, look no further than College Corner. Go check them out. They've got polos, T-shirts, hats, everything you could imagine for your Ole Miss wardrobe. They still got plenty national championship merch from the baseball team in 2022. And they've got literally anything you could imagine from hoodies to polos to lightweight hoodies. They've got long sleeve sip T-shirt hoodies if you're looking to rep that new Sharp logo. Um, you've got gifts, you've got tailgating supplies, anything and everything you can imagine. College Corner has it. Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Horn Legend. They've got all the brands that you know and love. Go see Scott and the folks at College Corner this weekend before you head to the stadium. That is 825 Sisk Avenue, College Corner in Oxford. David, good morning. Woo! I was texting you after that one. Um, man, back in my younger days, David, I might I might have gone through a uh, couple heaters during that one. That was stressful. Now, now that's the old miss I remember. Now that's <laughs> you know that's you know last week when we were complaining about about how Ole Miss had played against Alabama. For me, it wasn't so much just that they lost. It was that it was just kind of boring, kind of air out of, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like the the, the big years I covered, Old Miss, you know, and, and some of the games didn't turn out their way, but I'm thinking that 53-52 double overtime game against Arkansas where, who was it, Brandon Allen threw for 800 yards. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Those are the Old Miss games I remember. Hunter Henry um, and, is still and, catching and running. Oh my gosh! And both poor Marquise Haynes came off the got that face mask call. I always felt bad for him on that, but 
Um, that that you know, Jeremiah that Jeremiah John Baptiste horse collar, I had an immediate flashback to that Marquise Haynes face mask. Yeah, no, I Marquise Haynes, and, and he, he was usually a pretty decent, disciplined player, but it, it was the face mask. I mean, there there wasn't much. You know, I mean, it was literally it. the the most unlucky grab. Like it was a, you know, he's trying to get a sack. And oh, just sure. He was just extends the arms around the corner. Right. It was yeah. a total inadvertent face mask, but it was a face mask. So, but mm-hmm. anyway, this is, this got me. And for people that like for sports writers, particularly um, Saturdays are awesome. And like September and October, because I told yeah. you, I was texting with you. I was actually covering here in Phoenix, the diamondbacks are charging for the playoffs. So, so the diamondbacks <laughs> were playing the Astros at a really important game with like 40,000 people in the stands and all the reporter, not all the reporters, but multiple reporters on their iPads or on their laptops. We got the LSU Ole Miss game going, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona. And every, I, I'll give a shout out. Uh, the uh, Astros writer uh, for the athletic, his name is Chandler Rome. He's a uh, LSU grad and he used to cover Alabama. I've known him for years. And anyway, he was, we were both up there. It, it was just a lot of fun. These are those are the good Saturdays. What a game! It's why college football. I, I still think college football, when it's good, it really can't be beat. I yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, that game, it was I think top five in ratings from last week. Um, which amazingly, SC in Colorado was up there. Um, now I know it was it, it was an early kick for everyone. You know, 11 a.m., but, um, you know, local time there, it was a 10 a.m. kick. So West Coast people, I, I assume, were still locked in. And, you know, Dion and, and SC and, and Caleb Williams, that's must-see TV. It was, it was fun, but um, that's still impressive that they were at the top of the list for ratings because of how early it was for some people on the uh, West Coast part of the country. But, yeah, Ole Miss, I mean, that 5 o'clock kick is kind of a sweet spot. You still get – you know, it's not super late, but you get that night game feel in the second half. And, man, I mentioned the the top uh, uh, attendance number. You know, the attendance record was set. Um, funny that uh, I, I looked this up because I, I, I wanted to – I was curious to see what the other uh, top attended games were. And I believe in the top four or five, this was the first time Ole Miss got a win. I was about to say, like, I've talked about this before, covering Ole Miss. Like, I I don't, you know, when you're talking about games like this, you don't mean to be a downer, but a lot of them ended up in losses. (laughs) Like, there's a few, you know, the Katy Perry game where they pulled out the goalpost, that was a win. You know, and there was a a couple egg bowls in there and stuff like that, but like Arkansas and some of the biggest games in Ole Miss history seem to have ended up in losses. So this for for Ole Miss, this was a good aberration. So strangely enough, three of the top five are from 2016. I can totally see that. They were all losses. And then last year's Bama game was number five on the list. And then Saturday's contest against LSU is now number one. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was – look, we talked about it last week, and you know, national people were talking about it. Local people were talking about it. Lane Kiffin has – until Saturday had yet to get a marquee landmark, you you know, rubber stamp legit win over a good opponent. 
It has evaded him in the four years he's been at Ole Miss, or three and a half, I should say. This is his fourth year. Um, you know, we've we've had this conversation. You know, the the road win over Tennessee was big. Um, you know, the win a couple years ago against A and M was big. It was a big crowd. College, college game day was in town. Um, and, and that's really been it, right? You had the road win against A and M last year. That was big. That was a bad A and M team. But right. he, he hasn't. Right, there's been some nice wins, some good yeah. wins, but but not that marquee. Wow, you know everybody's talking about it for three days afterwards, which is what exactly. we're doing now. So right. this is this this I will you know I will stand down on the Lane Kiffin has not had big wins. This was a big <laughs> win. It was a great game. It was a big win, and also I not to be uniform guy, but on TV, this was a beautiful looking game, man. Ole Miss's uniform, like LSU's uniforms always look good. And then Ole Miss's uniforms were perfect. Like you said, the night game feel, it was a really aesthetically pleasing game as my girls would say. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big win all around for Ole Miss. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. Um, NFL fashion advice on Twitter put out a tweet uh, about the uniform. And I, I believe if I can find it here as I'm efforting scrolling through the uh, NFL tweets from yesterday, uh, from Sunday, I should say, um, I believe the tweet just said hanging in the Louvre. Um, and it was the, the image of Dejon Anthony jarring the ball loose from uh, Jaden Daniels. But yeah, I mean the, I know people were clamoring for red jerseys and they they wanted Man, to. Man, I like those blue jerseys. They look good. They do, and like I I love the red. Like the either navy red or powder red look is sharp. But man, those powders just look good. They pop on TV. They look crisp under the lights. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was. We can go on and on about this. It, it was a huge win. I, I think it was big not only for Kiffin to get kind of that monkey off his back and for the program because you had such a huge crowd. It was prime time. It was a rivalry game back and forth. You know, the entire crowd um, that was in red and blue, it, they were doing the, you know, here we go again thing, you know, like, Oh, sure. As soon I as mean, all those fans, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as There's they, a lot as, of here we go. I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Right. As soon as uh, Trey Harris scored, I, I mean, I was in the basement, uh, by myself, my wife was at a uh, a watch party for the South Carolina Tennessee game, so it was just me. I even, I said it out. I believe I said it out loud to myself. I was like, "That's too much time," and I, <laughs> I mean, it was like forty something. I think it was like 45, 40, 48 45 seconds. Seconds. I just watched the the highlight. Yeah, yeah. So I I was like, "That's too much time," and it, people were debating, and I think Kiffin wanted him too. Um, I had it confirmed by someone on the sideline that he just didn't get the signal in in time they were wanting to Trey Harris to, to go down on the one I'll argue this and I'm look, Lane Kiffin has forgotten more about football than I know but I think you score there because LSU has to score a touchdown to win they don't have to kick a field goal that's so, exactly what I was about to say I agree with you I if it's a field yeah. goal I totally get it I would go down on the yeah. one because you, you make know, them burn a timeout you need Right, because all you need is like what 20, 30 yards, you know, yeah. and you've got a chance to, to. But yeah, with a touchdown, I know the game was crazy and there was like a million total yards for each team. But still, I I, I like your chances if you you're more than three points ahead. 
You mentioned the yards, almost over 700 in this game. Um, I, 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 a lot of the hoopla from this is just the overarching theme of this and like the importance of the win and you're back in the, the thick of the SEC West race, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there and I want to hear your, your thoughts. Jackson Dart is putting together quite the Dark Horse Heisman campaign right now. If Ole Miss can keep winning, he is he is certainly in the mix in terms of quarterback play. And I think it's at this point, it's a quarterback trophy, barring some crazy yeah. year barring from another a, yeah, receiver right. or running back. But look like a 20 sack year, you know. Yeah. I can never say his name right, but Dominican Sue, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was. This... He had that kind of year, but yeah, no Jackson Dart. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a quarterback award. If Ole Miss is in the top five or ten at the end of the year, and Jackson Dart's had a good season, he's going to be in consideration. I mean, that's just how it is, and and he, he deserves it. He was great on Saturday, and really, he's been good all year. Yeah, three eighty nine through the air, four touchdowns to four different receivers. That was what was key. Um, to me was, you know, the early one to Quinshawn Judkins on a fourth fourth and goal. And then you get a long one to Jordan Watkins, who has quietly put together a really good career at Ole Miss. I, I don't think mm-hmm. that I don't think that gets enough credit. He has been really, really, really good. Um I, I have to find the stat while while you're talking here, but he he's been just remarkable since he came over from Louisville. Um Dayton Wade has a big one uh, on a really nicely designed route, crossing route. They cross up the defenders. He walks in, and then Trey Harris obviously has the big one at the end. Um, but, yeah, Dart was incredible. He he was really good. He took what the defense gave him. Um, he ran when he needed to. Uh, he really didn't have any bonehead decisions or anything. If I had one gripe, I would say he had a couple balls batted down, and I thought – this especially on the one in the fourth quarter, if he just pumps that, Ole Miss ran levels to the boundary where they had, you know, they had stacked slants going in. Man coverage, it was a zero blitz from LSU. If he just pumps that and gets the defender airborne, he's probably still running. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, just batted balls. I mean, good, good blitz calls by LSU and, and, and getting hands in the passing lanes. But, he was incredible on Saturday. I mean, I, maybe the Heisman stuff is kind of silly at this point because you got to keep winning, whatever. But, dude, he he was unreal in crunch time. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't think it's silly. These are the types of games that gets you on the that gets you on the radar. And then once you're on the radar, you know, I mean, like like you said, I mean, he could have a bad game next week or in two weeks and fall right out of the race. But you got to you got to kind of get in contention before you can you know, win the award. So I, I, yeah. I'm fine with throwing him, you know, giving him some some dark horse Heisman love. He was great. And then, of course, you know, Quinshawn Judkins picked the – we, we were waiting for him to break out, and he finally had a big game. Ulysses Bentley had a couple big runs, including that big touchdown run. You know, it really – you know, we had been waiting for Ole Miss's offense to look like the offense we had seen at times last year, and we definitely saw it this time. Yeah. We'll uh we'll get into that. Judkins had a uh, had himself a day. We'll uh we'll talk run game. 
and offensive line when we come back. We're going to take our first break, so hang tight. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner, and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play around a golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Back here on Daytime Fireworks here with David Brandt. David, I spoke with Ben Still last night. I, I had so many people asking me the last couple of weeks about what was going on with the offensive line. I'm not a football genius or, or some kind of, you know, expert scout. Um, but, you know, I've played football. I, I, I was a skill guy. I, so I don't know anything when it, when it comes to offensive line play. So I reached out to my boy Ben. He joined us. We talked about it. You can hear that interview. Uh, on the Talk of Champions podcast network, but we we kind of hashed it out last night. I, I think it was a combination of factors with, I think for the first time this year, Ole Miss had a full roster of playmakers that were 100%. Trey Harris certainly looks 100%, David. And Caden uh, Priestcorn was massive. He had some big third down receptions, and he was huge in the run game with his blocking. Um but look, give credit to John Garrison and that group. The offensive line was was outstanding. I know this isn't a top 10 LSU defense by any means, but they've got playmakers over there. Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo. They held them in check. No sacks. Jackson Dart's jersey was clean. It was a, I mean, just a renaissance compared to what they've done the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, look, I'm I'm like you with the offensive line. It's like that. Uh, what's the the old obscenity line? It's like I know it when I see it. <laughs> like yeah, that that sort of thing. Like I know good offensive line play when I see it, and 
it looked good or on Saturday night. And so, yeah, I mean, all that stuff works together. Like you said, they had a full complement of players that was healthy and that the offensive line played well and it showed. I mean, really, you know, like you said, you can, you can nitpick on a couple of things with darts decisions or different things, but when you're racking up 700 yards against an SEC defense, and like you said, LSU doesn't have maybe some of the dudes that it has in the past, but it's still an LSU defense, and, and what yeah. they did was was really impressive. It really opened things up for the for the for the passing game too. This was kind of the first time I really saw staples of that that Baylor type offense where you have those wide out split out to the numbers or beyond really wide spreading out the defense opening up running lanes but I mentioned Jordan Watkins and how good he's been I, I found the statistic here shout out to uh our, our buddy Chase Parham over at uh Rivals he uh he found this stat but um since I guess 2021 uh let's see since Jordan Watkins ride he has five touchdowns of 30 yards or more Elijah Moore only had five touchdowns in his entire career, 30 yards or more. And DK Metcalf had seven. So he's, no, I was looking at his stats too. He, he's just been rock solid. He's elite solid company last year. And he's, and he's, yeah. he's on pace for thousand yards this year. Yeah. The only uh, furthermore here, the only Ole Miss receivers to be better um, over that span of those two guys careers, AJ Brown, and Trey Harris in terms of 30 plus yard receptions. It's crazy. That is interesting. I, you know, I was trying to think of who Trey Harris reminds me of, but there's a little bit of, I can see AJ Brown's awfully high praise. So I'm not going to totally go. Yeah. But he's, there are some similarities. He's, he's almost David. And this might be a cop out, but look, this is an Ole Miss podcast. So let's keep it 100 and let's keep it Ole Miss centric here. He's kind of a, a hybrid of AJ and DK. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's big, he's and, big, strong and... big and strong, but then he yak, man. He, he, once he gets the ball, I mean, he broke tackles all night. LSU could not tackle him one-on-one oh, in no. space. Absolutely. And that's, he was, and that's what AJ does. I don't know if they were trying so well. not to tackle him on that last play. <laughs> yeah. He put some guys well, on skates. Yeah. It was kind of weird. They may have been letting him go. So I, I don't know. So I, I watched the replay and, and I saw it, it, it live when it happened. He, ca- he catches that quick screen and does a little wiggle. He and does a the juke, L- yeah. The LSU DB almost fell down. And then as he gets upfield to score, that same LSU DB gets clocked by Caden Priestcorn. And, uh, that's so yeah, I don't defensive play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. If if they were trying to miss, they they sold it, you know, or actually they didn't sell it very well because it looked like they were trying. But anyway, like, but you're right about Trey Harris. Just reminds me, I I just think of all those bigger, you know, even going back further, Laquan Treadwell a little bit. Yeah. You know, Treadwell was good with the yak. Maybe maybe a, a little Demorier, a little maybe a little Demorier Stringfellow. Okay, I I see a little bit of that too. Because DK and AJ, yeah, because DK and AJ are legit, you know, well, DK's a legit 4-3 guy, and AJ's probably in the high 4-4s. I don't know what Trey Harris runs in the 40. He doesn't seem as explosive as those two, but, I mean, what whatever he's doing is working because LSU had no answer. He's got great hands, uses his body well. 
like you said, he yak. Uh, he's he's really good, and like, I think their team. I I didn't realize how much he meant to them, but man, he looks a hundred percent. Yeah, he, he he matters. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you have to hope that Zachary Franklin is right on the cusp of getting to a hundred percent because if he's a hundred percent, this offense is going to be scary. Because circling back here to the run game. Quinshawn Judkins, man, attitude, purpose. He looked like a different dude on Saturday. Yeah, no, he looked like the guy from from last year. Like you said, just running. The the fun thing about watching him, he just runs so hard, so kind of angry. And, and he had a few of those runs. And the consistency, the workhorse, 5.4 yards per carry over 33 carries, 177 yards. I mean, those are – and then Ulysses Bentley, 9 for 90. And then Jackson Dart does what he does. But, you know, that's that one-two punch, you know, they're getting yeah. to those games where, you know, Judkins and Zach Evans were, were so tough last year. Yeah, and, and Ulysses Bentley is is, is a awesome change of pace for this offense. Right. He was electric on Saturday. 90 yards rushing, had the touchdown. Uh, they they kind of really woke up the crowd. I mean, they were, they were in it and they were loud because of the – because of the magnitude of the game, but he had that long touchdown run. He was running away from right. LSU people. And oh um, yeah, he just split it and was gone. I think he brings a wild card status to this offense that makes them so tough to defend because you know what Judkins is going to give you. He he's got the explosive speed and he can get outside, but he's a he's a between the tackles. He wants to run people over type dude. And then you roll Bentley out there, and, I mean, he can get out and he can catch the football. But, man, if if he makes one guy miss and he gets to the second level, it's trouble. Um, and, yeah, I, you can't say enough about what the offensive line did. They were great. Um, they rotated guys. They had Victor Kern at left tackle. Jaden Williams was out there. Um, Micah Pettis played well. I know, I know they had some some holding penalties and, you know, whatever. It's There's going to be holds on every play and – you know, sure, they happen in some big moments, but they they overcame the adversity. They answered the bell. That was that's kind of the theme for this one, right? They they had all the reason to sulk and be upset about Bama, and they came out and and punched LSU in the mouth, and and LSU punched back, and and Ole Miss put them on the uh, on the canvas there. Yeah, that was the you know because like we we've talked about. I mean, we're joking about it, but the kind of here we go again mentality like oh, Ole Miss could have you know not just because of the Alabama loss but because like you said they go down nine points 49-40 they were in a tough spot um and but they they rose to the occasion it's a like I, I can't stress it again it's a week by week sport you know they lose next week or the week after that that kind of goes back to square one but this was a really really big win for the program for Lane Kiffin for for everyone involved yeah Absolutely. All right. Any final thoughts here uh, on this one before we turn our attention to Arkansas? Oh, no, not really. Like I said, it was just it, – it brought me back to all those awesome games from the 2013 to 2016 range where, you know, it was pack a lunch 60 to 58, like those sort of things. Yeah. But, yeah, just a huge win for all this. Yeah, and I know there might be some people griping about the defense. Dude, there were, there were some things that, that were just – you couldn't defend. Jaden Daniels was was electric. He was throwing some balls that I don't care how good the coverage was. You weren't making you weren't making the play. He was great. Um, and, and look, they got the stops when they needed to. 
in the fourth quarter, outside of one fourth quarter touchdown for LSU, they forced punts and they ended the game on a pass breakup in the end zone. So they they answered the bell when they needed to. Yeah, and I, I think the most encouraging thing about Ole Miss through five games so far is we've seen, you know, this wasn't the defense's best night. LSU had a lot to do with that. Fine. But we've seen the defense play really, really well. Like we said, they played pretty well against Alabama. They had some really good moments against Tulane. I think both sides of the ball at different times have played like a top 10 team. Mm -hmm. And so obviously you need to put those two things together to dominate somebody. But still, you know, I had been waiting for the offense to break out and look like I expected an elite level team to look like, and it did this week. So the L- or the defense has a down week against LSU, but I think at times both sides of the ball have played to that level, which I think is just encouraging going forward because you know it's there. It, it may not show every week, but it's there. And so I think there's that kind of ceiling for Ole Miss. All right. Final break here. More with David Brandt on the other side, talking Ole Miss, Arkansas, and looking at week six inside the league. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Ole Miss football is happening. The Chris Beard era right around the corner. A retooled Ole Miss baseball, not long removed from his 2022 national championship, the first ever for the program, is ready for a rebound in 2024. Have you gotten your tickets? There are plenty available for all sports. Single game tickets for football available now. As are season tickets for basketball. And baseball season tickets go on sale starting in October. And you can also get tickets right now for the throwback game in the tad pad. They're still available, including VIP packages. But they're going fast, and you don't want to miss out. Don't miss any of your Rebels in action this season. Visit www.oldmistix.com. That's www.oldmistix.com. Or you can give them a call at 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159 for the Ole Miss Athletic Foundation, a proud sponsor of the flagship and the Talk of Champions podcast network. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. 
Go ahead, have your Ole Miss fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Final segment here on Daytime Fireworks as we look ahead to week six of the SEC schedule. Ole Miss will host Arkansas under the lights once again. 630 SEC Network. This one, it's it's always been kind of funky. Um, it hardly ever makes sense. We've had some instant classics <laughs> over the years with uh, a couple years ago, Matt Corral and KJ Jefferson going toe to toe. We obviously have had, you know, the overtime that what, seven overtime game with, with Eli Manning. And then you had the 2015 game. Um, this one may not have the cachet that some of those did because of the struggles that Arkansas has had. They're two and three. They're coming off a, uh, a, Really demoralizing loss to AM at a neutral site at Jerry World. I don't really know how to feel about this one just yet. Um, Arkansas's best offensive player, in my opinion, Luke Haas, he's out for the year, broke his clavicle in that game. Um, Rocket Sanders, I don't think he's 100% yet. He did not look like typical Rocket Sanders in that game. Only had, I think, 33 yards rushing. And KJ Jefferson's just, you know, kind of standing around back there looking for somebody to throw to. Um, not the uh, big game-breaking receivers that they have had over the past couple of years. The line has crept up to 11, 11 and a half in some books. Uh, what's your gut feeling on this game Saturday? Well, I mean, yeah, the only thing that's keeping me from, you know, going Ole Miss all the way is – like you said, just the history of this series. I mean, Arkansas always seems to play Ole Miss tough, and they do have solid quarterback play in K.J. Jefferson. But, you know, like you said, that Texas A&M game was tough. They've lost three in a row. I mean, they played LSU really tough. Arkansas definitely has it in them to be a decent SEC team, and I think Ole Miss has to play well. But if I, I think if Ole Miss plays well, they win this and by 10 to 14 points. I think the line's actually yeah. pretty good right now. Um, but, uh, you know, Arkansas is good enough. They have good enough players. I, I think there is a week in there where they're going to jump up and bite somebody. I just – this doesn't – you know, famous last words, but this doesn't 
feel like the week to me. I think Arkansas is struggling yeah. to find themselves right now. And I, I think Ole Miss has found themselves to some degree after that LSU game. So, I mean, always the chance of a, a hangover, but I, I just think Ole Miss is rolling. Arkansas is not. And I, I expect that to continue. I don't know if they'll quit on Sam Pittman because I like Sam Pittman. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a player's coach. I, I think the players love him. I just think at some point you can only get punched in the mouth and and lose so many times before you kind of start oh, sure. having some, some self-doubt there. Um, you know, they lose to BYU at home. They lose a, a heartbreaker to LSU, emotional loss. And then they lose, like I said, to A&M last week in a really physical game. I just don't know if they'll have enough juice in this one. The home, the home team typically rules this series. Um, and, and look, I, I've, I've told people already this week, if this was in Fayetteville, I would be worried if I was an Ole Miss fan, but it's at Ole Miss night game. The crowd should be electric. Once again, I'm with you. I, I kind of feel like Ole Miss controls this one and the offense puts away Arkansas early. And then it's just kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a snoozer, if you will, where it's just KJ Jefferson running around trying to find people open. Um, that's that's my biggest hang up is he doesn't have that that Traylon Burks or the Trey Knoxes that he's had over the years where he can you know find that big play receiver. Um, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see what Pete Golding draws up because Arkansas's offensive line has really struggled this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like I said, it, it gives me pause just because it's Arkansas Ole Miss, and I've seen so many crazy games between those two teams. But all signs point to Ole Miss winning this one and and winning it fairly comfortably. All right, looking ahead to the rest of the SEC slate, 11 a.m. This one, David. Whew. I'll be tuned in for this one. I'll be in Oxford, so I'll be trying to find a television to tune in for this one, either at a bar on the square or uh, trying to find a uh, the friendly confines of a tent somewhere with a TV. LSU at Missouri, both teams ranked. ESPN, 11 a.m., I'm not calling for, which I guess it's not an upset because Missouri's ranked higher. I'm not calling for a Missouri win, but to me, this is this is kind of a watch your ass game with LSU because you're coming off a an emotional, draining loss to L, uh, to Ole Miss on the road, and now you got to go on the road again to Faroe in, in Columbia, Missouri. Missouri's not bad, so no, could be sneaky. Yeah, the, the thing that – and I was talking again, Chandler Rome, who covers the Astros for the Athletic. We were discussing this with LSU. You know, it's tough if you're LSU. You're already probably out of the national title race in week five with two losses. I mean, you know, you could still run the table, and if you win the SEC, maybe. But you're in a tough spot. And so, yeah. you know, where are they mentally? Like, Because you know Missouri is going to be – you know, they're 5-0 and undefeated. They're playing with house money. They've got a – at home, this is this is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, can LSU treat it like their Super Bowl? I mean, Jaden Daniels was awesome last week. I, I do think LSU is the better team. But yeah. Missouri's catching them at a really good time. Um, you know, that yeah. win 
yeah, you know, I want to believe in Missouri. And after that, that Kansas State win was a really nice one a few weeks ago. So, I, you know, it's hard to pick Missouri for me, but I, I can definitely see it happening. What's the, the line? line? Is the line is six and a half? Missouri's getting six and a half. I, hmm. Luther Burden is really, really good. Um, he's not a big physical guy like Trey Harris. He's more of a slot playmaker type guy. Um, I don't know. I agree with you that I think LSU is better, and I just don't know if Missouri can Brady Cook go toe to toe with Jaden Daniels. Like I, I, I don't think. Yeah, so. I mean, like the name. Yeah, it just on paper you look at it, and you're like, eh, but. You know, again, all these games aren't – we've talked about this many times, but, you know, you know, games aren't played in a vacuum. There's momentum. There's, you know, injuries. There's back and forth. And, boy, right now, you know, this is one of Brian Kelly's, you know, biggest games in a sense of, you know, just yeah. kind of riding the ship. Because, you know, if you're LSU and you're suddenly, what, three and three if you lose to Missouri, I mean, especially with this team, it's a, it's a pretty – you know, Jaden Daniels is good. It's a good offensive team. That would just be such a bummer for them. So, um, yeah, I I, I want to pick LSU here. I think they win by about a touchdown. Again, Vegas is good. They know what they're doing. But I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle with this. I think Missouri is really going to be up for this game. I, my, my one pause here, and I'm going to lay the points to LSU. I think they respond. I'm going to go better quarterback and uh, – I, I think the the one-two punch of Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas is going to be too much for Missouri, right. but this game being at 11 kind of sucks for Missouri. If you're Eli Drinkwitz, you're you're pissed. You want this to be a night game. Yeah, this you know they they lose a little bit of that juice that they could have, but they'll yeah. have a good crowd. I mean, it'll be fine. But yeah, there's just there's a big difference between an 11 a.m. kick and like a 6 p.m. kick. Yeah. All right, we're not going to talk Western Michigan, Mississippi State. Nobody cares about that, if we're being honest. Um, Alabama travels to College Station. I don't know how A&M is still not ranked. That's bizarre to me. Um, I think it's like Lucy pulling the football away. Everybody's getting (laughs) tired of like, oh, Texas A&M. It was like, you know, like for about 10 years there, it was like, oh, is Texas back? No, Texas is not back. I think Texas is finally back this year. But uh, yeah. You know, I, I think the same thing is going on with A&M right now, everybody. Because you're right. I mean, they're 4-1 and one with, you know, nice wins over Auburn and Arkansas. And as we've seen, you know, Auburn's kind of spunky. Um, they should be ranked. And, that you know, their one loss is to a good Miami team. Yeah. Like, A&M should be ranked. But I, I see why they're not because people, <laughs> people are so tired of getting the football pulled away from them by losing. Right. Well, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're glued – to the TV for this one. 2.30 oh, CBS. I don't know if you need to grab a towel and, and you know get some tape and make a knot for it to wave it. I don't know if you want to do a midnight yell in your backyard. Um, do you want to you know adopt a, a collie and, and name it Reveille? Whatever you got to do, Ole Miss fans, you need to cheer for the Aggies to get it done here. You need Alabama to get a loss because um, Ole Miss has that date in November, head-to-head against A&M, where you can get it solidified there. But if you want a chance to get to Atlanta, A&M has got to get it done here. I think they can, David. 
Alabama, whatever, methodical, boring win against Mississippi State. They run the football. Jalen Milrow does a couple things. Um, A&M has been pretty solid with Max Johnson. You know, Connor Wegman's out for the year with the leg injury. Max Johnson is a serviceable backup. He, he's an experienced guy, but it's the defense for A&M that I think is, uh, is a big X factor here. You know, go figure, David. They recruit 19 five-star defensive linemen, and all of a sudden they're really good up front. It's funny how that happens. Um, <laughs> if you get that many of them, at least a few of them are going to pan out. Yeah, they're not all going to bust. But, yeah, Dur- uh, DJ Durkin's got a great group uh, in that front seven. They're really physical. They just wore down Arkansas in that game. This is this is going to be must-see TV, not only for Ole Miss fans because you need a win for AM, but I think a lot of the college football world will be tuned in here because this is kind of where Alabama's tested. Are, are, you, are you really back? Are you really Alabama after everyone doubted you for the first couple weeks? You know, you beat Ole Miss at home, whatever. You got to go on the road here in College Station and get it done. I'm going A&M here. They're getting two and a half. I was about to I say, like... I'm, going, I'm going full Charlie Brown. Just pull the football <laughs> away from me. Watch me go flying through the air like, ah! Yeah, but, I... yes, I am picking Texas A&M, too. I mean, like, it, it's kind of like when Ole Miss played them a few weeks ago. Like, if, if not now, when? Like, Texas yeah. A&M, I think – is a good team. I think they're built correctly. Like you said, the defense, Alabama struggles a little bit at this point to score. Jalen Milrow, like you said, will show a few things each game, but can he do it for 60 offensive plays per game? It's at Texas A&M. I'm feeling Texas A&M here. I am too. Outright win here. I think McKinley Jackson, Shamar Turner, Walter Nolan, all those dudes up front, and then, look, they've kind of let Bobby Petrino do his thing. So far, so good. Um, I really like Le'Veon Moss. He's a talented running back that is going to run for a lot of yards in the SEC for the next couple of years. I think they can get it done. It's it, it, You know it's going to be a raucous environment in Kyle Field, and again, I just... I think Alabama's kind of lost their fastball a bit here. So I, I like AM to win this one. I, All right. You said it perfectly. <laughs> Do we really need to talk Vandy, Florida? I don't think we need to talk Vandy, Florida. We can get into. Uh, yeah, Kentucky. we don't need to talk Vandy, Florida, but Billy Napier. Okay. Oh, to, actually. You need to win some football games. Actually, mea culpa here. I, I do need to apologize. Last week, I said that Florida would dominate the line of scrimmage and win a ugly one at, at K Roger field. It was the opposite. Florida got their yes. ass whipped Kentucky. <laughs> wow. A lot of flowers being thrown Mark Stoops way after that one. That was impressive. Yeah, it was real impressive. It, and it was one of those where you're conflicted. You don't really, cause you're like, man, is Kentucky this good or is Florida this bad? Cause I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're, if, if you're Florida, like I was telling, you know, if you're Billy Napier, I mean, you know, Kentucky's pretty good, but it's hard to lose by nearly three touchdowns to Kentucky and be employed for too much longer. So, yeah, we'll, we'll I was see. This, say... is, this is a big win. The only thing that I think is big about Florida Vanderbilt is, is Billy Napier needs a win and needs a fairly convincing win. I mean, yeah, it's not going to is... help him a ton, but he, he definitely, you know, just to kind of get the jackals off of him for a few minutes. This could be a, uh, a, a, I don't think Florida loses. 
But man, if they do, that'd be hilarious. This is like a look ahead spot here because they have South Carolina next week. And that one is going to be the hot seat bowl because Napier is already feeling it. I think Shane Beamer's fine, but South Carolina fans are starting to get a little, they're getting a little, a little restless. Um, right. So that one will be interesting. So maybe a look ahead spot for Florida as they are back home three o'clock, that sleepy kick against Vandy. You better be careful. Um, I think Florida gets it done. All right. Big one around the same time as the Ole Miss Arkansas game, number 20 Kentucky at number one Georgia. Is this going to be like it was a couple years ago when everybody was real spunky about Kentucky going to Athens and challenging them and then just falling flat on their face and getting dominated? Or is Georgia actually kind of susceptible here? The first choice. Sorry. Sorry, Mark Stoops. Sorry, sorry, Kentucky. <laughs> this just feels like one of those, like, you know, I hate to, I'm, I'm not trying to dump on uh, Mississippi State here, but remember the We Believe thing when they hosted Alabama that one time and then they fell behind like 35 nothing in the first quarter? This has huge vibes of that to me. Um, I, I just – I think Georgia's going to figure it out at some point, and I feel like this is the week they figure it out. Yeah, I, I thought it was last week. They didn't cover, but – they're still Georgia. They're still more talented than everyone. I, I, I just don't think Kentucky can I mean, get I, it done. Right. I yeah. I'm kind of. What's the line? It is fourteen and a half. That hook is dangerous here. That that is. I think Kentucky can can lose by ten, possibly. But I, I mean, it also just, I, I, this just feels like Georgia dominates and, and they're never going to be a team that, or at least rarely a team that scores 70 points, but I can see this being like a, you know, get, get really ugly early, like, you know, 35 to 10 and then Kentucky makes it a little closer and something like a, you know, 41 to 21 or 28 or something like that. But that hook is tough. I agree. Cause I could definitely see like a, 4128, 4127, something like that. Yeah, I I don't know. Georgia's been kind of sleepy at home, but they were kind of sleepy on the road, which Georgia, Auburn, they've big just rivalry. been sleepy. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they're they're a weird team to figure out, but I still think they're good. They just haven't really clicked yet. You know that they're gonna Auburn's gonna have some games circled this year. Obviously, Georgia with the rivalry. Alabama at the end of the year in the Iron Bowl. And you know the the Ole Miss game is circled. Um, so, yeah, big emotional rivalry game. I, I know sometimes, you know, the cliche, throw the record books out, doesn't really work. But last week, there were some rivalry games that were kind of funky. Um, I think Georgia responds here. I don't know if I'm going to take um, – I don't know if I'm going to lay the points, but I don't think Kentucky's winning. And I still think I yeah, still think I, Kentucky's good. Both can be true, right? Yeah, this is yeah, this is not an indictment. I think that Kentucky's ranked twentieth, and I think that's about right. I think they're a good team, and it wouldn't even shock me if they finish second in the SEC East. Um, but I just, I, I just don't feel this one. I think Georgia gets it done. Now I will say one thing that I do think is gettable. 
for Kentucky. And this is a tough stretch. At Georgia, home against Mizzou, home against Tennessee is the one I think is gettable. Yeah, I mean, that's their big – that's the – I mean, obviously that's a big rivalry game for lots of different reasons. And that that seems like – that to me is two evenly matched teams in a lot of different ways. I mean, Tennessee has some good traits. But like you said, those those back-to-back home games against Missouri and Tennessee, that's where you really – you know, yeah, can it kind of makes or breaks their season from just kind of oh another Kentucky seven and five to you know maybe they go ten and two. What a home slate for Kentucky this year! They host Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, and Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I bet the season ticket holders were happy about that one. I bet. That. Yeah, absolutely, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not again. I'm not laying the points, but I think Georgia wins. Um, now again, like you said, this could be the this could be the game where Brock Bowers does Brock Bauer things, and maybe he makes a case for a non quarterback to win the Heisman. But um, I like Kentucky. I, we talk a lot about identity and kind of knowing who you are, and they've always known who they are under Mark Stoops. Um, but I just don't think it's enough. I I, I don't think they're going to be good enough across the board. Um, the one thing, though, David, we'll close on this. Georgia's defense, they are incredibly talented, but they are on the bottom of the SEC in sacks this year, which is still mind-blowing. Wow, that is mind-blowing. Like I said, I, I just think Georgia figures it out at some point, and I this feels like the week they maybe do it. You know, they, they messed around with Auburn last week. It was kind of a frustrating game. Like, I, I can see them – but but yeah, that's <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Like I always, once you're about four or five games, we're nearly halfway through the season now. Like numbers start to matter. You know, you could have a bad game or two, but if it, five weeks into the season, if you're at the bottom of sacks, like that's that's weird for Georgia. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for our week six picks here on daytime fireworks. We do appreciate you tuning in, and we also appreciate David each and every week for taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us. Thanks to College Corner for sponsoring this show. We'll be back next week after a big one on Saturday in Oxford, and then uh, Ole Miss gets to the bye week to prep for Auburn. So with that, for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next week, we out of here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.